No, 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 no. Please, just ask me one more question. Just one more. All right, Kirby. Then it's time for your last chance question. Name the remake of the groundbreaking horror movie in which the villain... Halloween, uh, Texas Chainsaw, Dawn of the Dead, The Hills Have Eyes, Amityville Horror, uh, Last House on the Left, Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, My Bloody Valentine, When a Stranger Calls a Prom Night, Black Christmas, House of Wax, The Fog, uh, Piranha. It's one of those, right? Right? We're here to for the finale of Because Movies Season 1. We're polishing off the Halloween season. Uh, this is probably going to come out on actually either Halloween Eve or Halloween. So uh, <laughs> we're going to start things off uh, with we're going to do some rankings. Uh, we've talked about the original slashers and their post-2000 remakes for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> so <laughs> what we're going to do, uh, we're going to rank the original films, the remakes, franchises as a whole, and then finish off ranking the slasher icons that uh, dominate these movies. So I'm going to give you the floor first. I have mine listed in descending order. It doesn't matter how you want to do it, however you want to do it. What do you think about the original films in all of these series? Uh, how do you rank those? The four original films. Okay. Um, Halloween is number one. Nightmare is number two. Friday is number three. And Chainsaw is number four. We're close. Uh, um, why? It's really yeah, hard, actually. It's really hard. Well, actually, no. The first one is easy because Halloween yeah. is a perfect movie. It's the best slasher ever made. It's one of my favorite John Carpenter movies. Um, that has to be at number one. Number two, I'm going Elm Street because... And it's something we didn't really talk about in our last episode when we talked about the Elm Street movies. One of the cool things about them, one of the ways it was so influential was it truly introduced an element of the supernatural to the slasher series mm -hmm. uh, or to the slasher genre, I should say. I mean, yeah, technically, Jason is like a zombie out there killing people, but, yeah. you know, he's still just late. he's still just killing them, yeah. you know, like a slasher would. He's stronger and does more intense shit, but. You know, there's still lots of machetes and stabbings and stuff that, like, your regular garden variety slashers can do, too. Freddy has powers and shit. <laughs> um, and that just really kind of opened the door for, you know, for people to just really go buck wild. And they did. Uh, a lot of them were not great, but some of them were really cool. And, you know, thank God for it. So I put that in number two. And then between Chainsaw and Friday the 13th, I mean, I love them both. I love movies in the franchise both. But as far as the original movies go, I think the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know what? Fuck that. I'm making the Texas Chainsaw Massacre number three. <laughs> yeah, it's just a beat because, I mean, really, you could say it's the best horror movie ever made. Anyone who ever said that to me, I wouldn't be like, I don't understand where that's coming from. That's a weird pick. I would yeah. go, yes, I understand. And there would be no argument. I would need no further explanation. Friday the 13th is is just it's a groundbreaking slasher movie in its own right because of the effects. And we talked about all that. If we were talking about the franchise as a whole and just ranking our favorite franchises, it's the same thing, except that it's my original ranking Halloween, Elm street, <laughs> Friday the 13th, and then chainsaw probably because I like less movies more or really, really, really hardcore. 
mm-hmm. than I do. I, I like more movies than the the Friday franchise. But in terms of the two movies, yeah, Texas Chainsaw is better than than Friday. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> My brain may have just been ranking them as franchises. I started off understanding no, it's the original movie, <laughs> and then somewhere along the way, my addled little brain just fucking forgot the assignment. But yeah, uh, Chainsaw, because it's just such an immediate, ass-kicking, effective nightmare of a horror movie. And then the 13th of Friday, just mm-hmm. chilling. Yeah. yeah, well, I thought we were going to have a difference of opinion on the on this, but uh, you, you took a swerve and landed right into my rankings as well. Oh, okay. So I've got the same uh, Halloween uh, to me, clearly the best of the movies. I have Nightmare number two, largely for you know the same reasons you were giving, and also like I just think it's the best made and most definitely the most original of the sure. uh, of these movies. And Texas, definitely classic, deserved classic. Friday the Thirteenth is clearly like admittedly from the screenwriter and director it's a ripoff of halloween (laughs) it's a cash grab it's a good one it's it's entertaining it spawned a franchise with a lot of cool stuff but i think it's easily the weakest of the four original uh movies but so yeah we've got the same ranking for that first four uh what about the remakes well and before i get to the remakes i want to just note one thing about the ranking i want to make sure everyone understands we all know this is subjective right Mm -hmm. but Again, like I was saying with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if anyone was ranking the four original movies and put Chainsaw over Halloween, I would understand. Yeah. That just must mean it hits them harder. And I get that. I think this is the closest. If you're looking at like the slimmest margin of victory for these in these rankings, it's the originals trying to differentiate these first three. Sure. And I think that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre might be a more effective horror movie than either Halloween or it, it I think it is a, a better horror movie in terms of its effectiveness than nightmare. I don't know about Halloween that uh, I'm fighting with myself on that to even say that it, it it's better. I don't, I don't know that it is, uh, but again, I mean, that's the point. Anyone that would put it at number one just likes it better. You know, uh, I have, I have it at number three because I like nightmare better than it. And I like Halloween better than nightmare. You know, that's just that's how our yeah. list works. Yeah, I can differentiate sometimes between what do I think is better, like subjectively, and what do I just like better. But for the most yeah. part, if I'm doing any kind of rankings, I'm usually just going to go by what I prefer, like yeah. <laughs> personal preference. Yeah, I mean, that's the honest way to do it. I mean, it's just really it's not like sports where we have statistics and you can point to who's technically <laughs> doing the best. It's really when you say this is the best movie of whatever you're saying, this is what I like the best. And that's cool. Um, as far as the remakes, gosh, I'll go in from worst to best. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, in the fourth spot is Halloween. Because <laughs> I just think, you know, again, I don't think it's technically badly made. I just think it's garbage yeah. as, a, as a movie and right. an experience as I enjoy it. Again, what I like and don't like, I don't like it. I just don't. I don't mm-hmm. like it. Nightmare on Elm Street, I hate not at all. I just like it a little less than Halloween. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, I guess I should say I like it a little more than Halloween. I dislike it less. And then from there, I I guess I'm going to have to say Friday the 13th because I know uh, that's number one. Sorry. I, I It's hard for me to pick between Chainsaw and Friday. Chainsaw goes into number two, I think, because the movies in the in the Chainsaw series I like better than that. I like a lot better. Whereas Friday the 13th, the remake, I think it's probably one of the most effective slashers to me in the series of Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the ones I I, I like. It. I, I place it higher in the rankings of my franchise rankings of Friday than I do the remake in Chainsaw or 
maybe I don't because there's less. I don't fucking know. I'm going with Friday the 13th <laughs> in my number one spot because it just feels right. Mm. That's hard because uh, I know I dislike Halloween. I dislike that the most. I dislike Elm Street a little less. But then from there, it's I do like both Friday the 13th and the remake of Chainsaw a lot. I don't know that I feel strongly enough about them to feel 100% confident that I really like this one better. But I'm going to go with Friday. What about you, Christopher? Well, we have a wildly different <laughs> remake list, uh, not surprisingly. Well, you uh, like Halloween because you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. Wrong or right, I do like it. For the and remakes, you are right for you, that's the beat. <laughs> You're right for you. Uh, the for the remakes, I've got Nightmare on Elm Street uh, at number four, easily uh, my least favorite. Now, the thing is, I'm sort of Michael Bolton on this. I, I kind of like them all. Michael Bolton and from Office where, Space. Yes, well, of course, you celebrate <laughs> the whole catalog. I know what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> uh, so I kind of like the <laughs> the Nightmare remake. Uh, it's definitely the one I like the least, but there are things. There are enough things about it that I do like that I can say I don't dislike it. So it, it's fourth, definitely my least favorite of them. Uh, Friday the 13th, I have in the third spot. Like you said, it's a really uh, good slasher movie. Some likable and some very dis, uh, very unlikable characters in there to, <laughs> to, to play victim to Jason. Uh, Let me, me just plays. interject to say, burn in hell, Trent. <laughs> remind me who plays Jason. Oh, Derek Mears. Yeah, Derek Mears. Uh, really good Jason. Okay. Fast oh. Jason, as some people like to call him. Uh, the the underground tunnel thing, a lot of people hate that. I'm kind of uh, indifferent on it. I think it's a cool element. I don't know that it's necessarily what I want out of a Jason Voorhees movie, but it does work in the context of the movie that they made, and I, so I don't have a, a real problem with it. Number two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I really, really like that remake. I think... You know, that Leatherface is way different than the original Leatherface. Uh, he's a lot more typical, you know, intimidating, imposing slasher villain rather than the weirdo that uh, Toby Hooper gave us in the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then uh, number one for me, Halloween, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. I really like that. And rewatching it for, you know, this series we did just reminded me that I still really like it. Uh, it's I think <laughs> it is unpleasant in a lot of ways, but. It's the only Rob Zombie movie that I actually really like. So I, I think that uh, his talents were well served, even though it's a lot different than the original because they do all the backstories. So we, we talked about it at length uh, already. But yeah, I, I really like that one. Uh, so yeah, that's my favorite of the remakes is uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. You know, I must tell you that as your friend and confidant i am always always on your side and rooting for you to one day feel god's light i'm not sure that's going to happen with you placing halloween so high i don't know but well, we, i'll we tell you this a lot of halloween stuff it seems uh, but i, I will Except tell you that i'm rooting for you i'll tell you that <laughs> and, and I, I will say the the line between halloween and texas chainsaw massacre is pretty thin i really like that texas remake that's good. And I like the Friday the 13th remake a lot as well. I just I just kind of feel like Halloween and Texas Chainsaw remakes are just a little bit of a level above what that Friday the 13th remake uh, was, but which I also enjoyed. But move on to the franchises as a whole. And one of the things that's interesting about this is I have a different ranking for every one of these categories which i guess isn't too shouldn't be too surprising but no. uh what about uh, the franchises for you well i mean it, it was what my initial knee-jerk reaction was when i was mm -hmm. like which were the the originals do i like the best uh in fourth place is chainsaw not because again i dislike it as a franchise there's a few that i absolutely love but i like more movies in the in the friday franchise 
And then Elm Street, I just have more fun with than Friday. And then Halloween is just Michael's my favorite slasher. Halloween is my favorite slasher movie. Got to give it to the champ, man. I just got I got I have to coronate and uh, be crowned the king. Yeah, I mean, we sorry. Remind me again what your number numbers uh, two and three were. Two is Elm Street and three okay. is Friday. It goes one Halloween, two Elm Street, three Friday, gotcha. four okay. Chainsaw. So yeah, we're we're off uh, we're off on this one just a little bit. Okay, hit me. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the thing about it, it's hard. This was the hardest ranking for me was the franchise as a whole because that was the easiest for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the hardest for me because there are just so many of the movies in all of these franchises I either don't like or just don't care about you know strongly at all. So because you know, like I said, when we were talking about the Texas Chainsaw, the most recent remake, most recent sequel, I guess from twenty twenty two. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's a bad franchise. There, there are a few movies that I think are really good in it, and then a bunch of bad movies. So, and I kind of feel that way about most of these <laughs> franchises. <laughs> like, I, I like the the ones that I think are good, but I think that most of the movies in these franchises are mediocre to bad, <laughs> so, and and bad in a way that can still be fun and enjoyable to watch. But like, I just don't think they're very good movies overall uh so anyway texas chainsaw massacre is my least favorite of the franchises and that's the only one that i has still has some movies i haven't seen uh i haven't seen leatherface or leatherface the two leatherface movies i haven't seen uh Mm -hmm. which i guess is the third texas chainsaw movie and the one from i think 2017 that came just before this netflix version that came out this year yeah that's the Uh, prequel one haven't seen those two, but um, yeah, I really like the original and the first remake. And I didn't dislike part two, but I don't have the same affection for it that a lot of people do. Um, like me. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, most people love it. It's that are fans of like big horror, big horror fans. Most of them love Texas Chainsaw, too. And I don't dislike it. I just, you know, I need to watch it again, probably. Um, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> number three, I have the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Yeah, I really like the first and third, and the fourth ones, I kind of like parts of that one. Don't really care much about any of the others. So, uh, But the fact that I think especially one and three are so good, that's enough to push it up past the uh, Texas Chainsaw franchise. Friday the 13th is my second favorite, and that is largely on the back of Kane Hodder and his uh-huh. performance is Jason and my love for Jason X, <laughs> which is maybe okay. my favorite awesome. Friday the 13th movie. Okay. And then Halloween is number one. And that's, you know, essentially because of the original and the remake and the 2018, like I said before, and when we did Halloween, anytime there's a fresh start for Halloween, I seem to really dig those movies. Uh, that is simply called Halloween. So yeah. And those stand out. I, I do like some of the others. H2O. I really like, I kind of like part four. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with the franchises. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday 13th, Halloween on top. Okay. Uh, so Elm Street and Friday would just switched for ours. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, real quick, I'll mention in the franchises, the ones that I really like. That's the easiest thing with Chainsaw because I only, I really like the, the new one on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I really like that one. I really like the remake. I love part two and I love part one. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are varying levels of mediocre to eh. <laughs> right. Or I haven't seen the Leatherface, the prequel one. But then uh, Friday, the only one I really, really don't like in the Friday franchise is Manhattan. 
Mm-hmm. And I know that's gotten some reassessment in recent years. I think those people are crazy. But, you know, hey, I mean, we all like these for all different reasons. And yeah. the the I think the, the, the goofiness it hits when he hits Vancouver, I mean, New York, um, <laughs> you know, the punching the guy's head off and shit. Yeah. People really like that stuff. And that's cool. I'm not one to shit on their fucking parade. I just don't. I don't like it at all. The, the new beginning, the faux Jason, the Roy one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really, I don't hate it, but it's a least favorite. Jason versus Carrie, the new blood. That's fun. I wish <laughs> that all the gore that the director, John Carl Buechler, mm-hmm. the FX legend, uh, I wish his contributions as a FX guy who knows gore yeah. were not diminished in the final product that we have. But other than that, I really like all the others. I mean, I told you I love Freddy vs. Jason. I really like the remake. Jason X is fucking awesome. And I wish more people understood how it's not just, oh, Jason goes to space. Fucking great. It's better than that. It really is. I like the final Friday more than a lot of people. That That's one I like because it is different. I'm like, oh, so they're doing The Hidden, but it's going to end with Jason coming back. But it's a slasher, except that the slasher is is The Hidden. Okay, that's cool. Because <laughs> the unrated cut especially has some really awesome gore in it. Is and that I Jason just, Go to Hell? Jason yeah, goes Jason to Goes to Hell, okay. the final Friday. I just thought that was fun, you know? And I understand people not liking it because it's not a traditional Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. I get it. That's going to happen. I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoy that it was different. If I do want one where Jason's killing motherfuckers like it's free, I have... 12 other ones like that. It's good. And then the final chapter is excellent. Part three is fun. Two is one of my six, four, two are fucking fantastic. And among my favorite slashers, Nightmare on Elm Street, the only one I think is actively bad as opposed to good is the remake. I told you how I felt about the other ones in our other episode. I'm just going to ask our listeners to watch that and understand. (laughs) Watch it, I said. But no, the only one I really am not a fan of is the remake. The other ones I like to varying degrees to love. And then Halloween, we've gone over a million trillion fucking times. (laughs) I despise the resurrection. I guess I kind of hate Halloween and Halloween 2, the zombies. (laughs) I really dislike Curse. And then I think 5 is not great. 2 is good. As opposed to bad. Kills is fun. Four is is really good. Three is awesome. 2018 is awesome. Halloween ends is awesome. H2O is... I think it's a slasher classic, and I know that not everyone agrees with me yeah. on that. But I, I do. I think it's, it's the second best in the series after the original, which is the granddaddy of them all. So, yeah, that's how I feel about the movies in the series is... Yeah, there's some there's some great stuff in all of them, and then there's some uh, some not shit. great stuff in all of them. <laughs> Call it shit. Um, Call it what it is. We'll polish off these rankings by ranking the horror icons uh, of these classic franchises. So Michael Myers, Leatherface, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees. These are the the classics everybody knows and loves, uh, or loves to hate. So you can go first. What do you? How do you rank these icons? I'm lame, and I rank it exactly the same as I rank the series, uh, because it, for all the same reasons, it's got to be in fourth spot. It's Leatherface, still one of the ultimate icons of horror, and I can't imagine, I don't want to imagine a world without Leatherface, but that said, he still gets my number four spot. Number three is Jason, Big J, mm-hmm. fucking we all love Big J, Fred, Fred the Head, in number two spot, I mean... Game Show Freddy even is Mm -hmm. the shit and a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, I am ready for prime time, bitch. And then in number one, uh, my favorite slasher, Big Mike. Oh, Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. 
Yeah. And it's again, it's for all the same reasons. So Leatherface, Jay, Fred, and Mike. Respectable list, respectable rankings. Uh, we disagree on a few spots. As See, always, got, we are now totally fighting. And again, it's it's not as close to me to uh, determining these, but it is. It, it was tough. It was a tough call on some of these. I do have in last place, fourth place, uh, Leatherface, simply because I'm just not as big a fan of the franchise, and and I'm not super familiar. Like most of those movies, I've only seen once, with the exception of the original and the remake. I don't think I've seen any of the other Texas Chainsaw movies more than than once. Maybe I've seen part two twice. But anyway, so I've got him in fourth. And shockingly, I had to put Michael Myers in third place, <laughs> even though that's my favorite. Even though Halloween was number one in every other category, <laughs> Michael himself, uh, and I like several of the portrayals of Michael over the franchise, um, he, he doesn't grab me the way the other two uh, slashers do. For my, uh, my entire life of having knowledge of horror movies, Freddie and Jason are the big two to me. That's just the way I've always kind of looked at it. That's the way I've always kind of felt about it. Maybe that's because by the time I was getting a little older, like old enough to recognize the pop culture that they were involved in, like Michael had kind of gone out of fashion and Freddie and Jason were the big names. Maybe that's part of it. But um, much as I love Michael Myers, he's third. I've got in second place, Freddie Krueger, and that's largely on the back of... Robert England's performance in in pretty much all those movies. He's pretty great, especially, I think, in the early injuries into the franchise. Uh, he's got more personality than any of the other slashers we talked about in the episode we did on Nightmare on Elm Street. And then number one, I've got Jason, because he's what I've always thought of as the slasher. Probably because growing up in the 80s into the early 90s, you know, there was a new... Friday the 13th movie every year throughout the ages, it seemed like. And he it was came pretty quickly. Yeah. And the hockey, the hockey mask was just iconic. Like any sitcom or comedy, even comedy movies. Like if you were trying to portray a serial killer, like a murderer, you put a hockey mask on them. And that's how you signify it. Even if it's as a joke, they even did that in the tiny tunes adventure special, uh, <laughs> How I spent my vacation. They have a awesome. a hockey mask wielding psycho that they they pick up on the side of the road. So yeah, yeah Jason for a good is, long time there. Unless you actually played hockey, if you had a hockey mask on, you were mm-hmm. a fucking psycho killer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's just that that was the world for years. Yeah, and you know, Kane Hodder is my favorite Jason. It seems like for a long time he was sort of everybody's favorite Jason. And in recent years, a lot of people it seems like are expressing their love for other Jasons and to the point where it's even, I see some people dogging Kane Hodder's Jason, uh, which to me is blasphemy. (laughs) So yeah, he's my favorite Jason and he portrayed him, I think more than anybody else. I think he might be the only one that's done it more than once even, but I really like his Jason. I like, I like Derek Mears in the remake and I like the guy who was in Freddy versus Jason, even though, you know, Hodder really wanted to do it. A lot of people were annoyed that he didn't get the chance. Uh, I think the guy who, portrayed Jason as like Frankenstein Jason in Pretty vs. Jason was actually good as well. I think he was great. That's a veteran stuntman also. I mean, it's all been stuntmen, but yeah. Ken Kersinger. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I think he was fucking great. I don't think he's better than Kane. I think he's different. Um, I like a lot of the Jasons. I think more than two or three of them stand out as being interesting. But I think Kane definitely... He put a stamp on it that nobody else did. And I don't think it's just because he did it. He's the only one that did it more than once. There's a very specific physicality to Kane's portrayal, more specific than anyone else, aside from probably Derek Mears. And that's 
largely because he got to do different things physically than the other Jasons did. You know, for one, you got to move fast. I think the moment that you said Michael Myers was number three, I was like, oh, okay, England and Hodder are why they're <laughs> two and three. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. I completely understood because, again, we're talking about the the slashers themselves. And I can't say that, you know, no, Mike Myers really does have personality <laughs> that you're not paying attention to. You're just not watching it right. No, I get it. And then when it comes to, well, does Jason have more personality being a, a mute, emotionless, remorseless killer, uh, certainly because of the, the way Kane does it. Yeah. You know, I get it. So no, I, I, I cannot fault your list at all. It's not just a respectable <laughs> list. It's a damn fine one. I think having Freddie and Jason in the top two spots, it, it's kind of equal part my appreciation of England and Hodder's performances and the icon iconography. Iconography. <laughs> iconography. There we go. <laughs> I was listening. And I agree. They're definitely out of the four of them. They're the big two. Mm. You know, they're the ones that I think are most widely recognized. Not that Leatherface and Michael Myers are not, but Jason and Freddie were just. They're just at a different level. They really are. And I, so I get that. All right. Well, I guess we can close the book on the slasher classics and their remakes from the aughts. It's been Although a ride, been, brother. <laughs> one of those squeezed in, 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 in 2010. But, uh, but yeah, we're also, I think, going to look at some of the other remakes from the 2000s or post 2000s. You know, the, the era was lousy with remakes of horror classics. So I made a list here and kinda, I want to kind of go through some of these and any that I don't hit that you want to bring up, we'll, we'll hit those as well. I've got these listed in chronological order. Not that we have to stick to that necessarily, but uh, I started, I'm going to start out with actually a pre 2000s, an earlier remake. And these aren't, these aren't slashers. These are just horror movies that were remade in in the era. So the first one I've listed is from 1999, the house on haunted Hill, mm. uh, which I saw in a theater that summer and uh, loved it and have revisited it, you know, every, you know, three, four, five years ever since then including, I guess, two years ago. We actually, are, that was the last live tweet I think we've actually done a couple of Octobers ago. Me, you, and Kyle did a live tweet of it. Uh, oh, I got shit. the Supreme Factory yeah. uh, discs. And yeah, I really love that. It's it's pretty gory. It's kind of funny. It's got a pretty good cast of like that guy type yep. <laughs> actors. No big names, really. Uh, it does have Chris Kattan, so that's a knock against it although that's probably the most bearable he's ever been um, yeah he's playing he's actually playing a character yeah and he's good i love that one i saw that in the theater and you mentioned it being fun and gory i didn't know it was going to be that kind of party and in the opening scene when the patients get loose in the asylum and they put mm -hmm. a hand not not one pencil but a fistful of pencils through an orderly's <laughs> neck yeah. I, I settled back and was like, oh, I'm in good hands, <laughs> you know, and then it was just fun. And like you said, the cast is cool. The weird stuttery ghost stuff was not a, an annoying cliche. In fact, I yeah. think that was one of the first times I'd seen it out of outside of like probably a Marilyn Manson video or something and like <laughs> brief flickering moments. It was very 90s. Yeah. But I mean, that's one of the reasons it's cool to watch now. Yeah, I think that one's killer. Dude. Good job. And really good casting of Jeffrey Combs. I don't think he has a line in the entire movie, but definitely a great creepy doctor in that yeah. one. And one of my favorite thing about it that I really like is it mixes the gory stuff with like the creepy haunted house type stuff. Like yeah. one of my favorite scares in the movie is when is it Bridget Wilson? 
uh-huh. uh, when she's using her video camera and she's filming a room with like a table, like an operating table, like an empty mm-hmm. room. And she looks through the, the lens of the camera and she can see a bunch of medical professionals performing like an operation on somebody on that bed. And then they all in unison look up at her and, you know, she's looking in reality, there's nothing there, but through the camera, you know, you can see that there are ghosts there. They uh, all turn their heads and look at her. It's creepy yeah. as fuck. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's number one. I got, um, then another dark castle, uh, remake from 2001, 13 ghosts. This is probably one of the weakest of these that I have listed, but I do kind of like that movie. It's got, some really interesting stuff with the house that they're using, like with the, it's like a glass house with like incantations in the, in the glass. Um, the production design in that movie is off the charts. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I the, will say that the, 100%. Yeah. And the ghosts and the design of the, of the ghosts. The, Incredible the shit. Ghosts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a fun movie. It's not one that I, you know, watch over and over, but I do like to check to, Pop it in every you know handful of years and and relive my early twenties mm-hmm. through Thirteen Ghosts. Matthew Lillard with a pretty good performance. He can be annoying sometimes, but I like him in in that one as well. Yeah, uh, he's really good. Shannon Elizabeth is not offensive. She's not a great actress. Yeah, uh, she's well, or at least she's limited. Like there's certain things that like she's good at. I don't mind her in the Kevin Smith movies, for example. But like yeah, Tony Shalhoub is good. God, I don't remember her name. The lady who plays the the maid or whatever, she's like a boy. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I, I remember F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since I watched it. I watched it right before Scream put their Blu-ray out of it. And that oh, was okay. annoyed that I didn't wait until that actually came out. Because I didn't realize they were putting one out. But uh, yeah. Well, we got that because Tiffany really liked it when it was you know new. I think she watched it on VHS a lot or DVD in the early days of the, the format. Well, um that was uh-huh. in an era when there were a lot of cool features on DVDs. Even even 13 Ghosts, which was, I don't think, a big hit, got a lot of no. special. Yeah, and each ghost had its own little backstory thing, which I wish they'd figured out a way to put into the movie for all of them, because that was really interesting, all the backstories for them. I think the designs are great. Like you said, the special effects are really well done. Like I, The production design really blew me away. And this is coming off of a recent rewatch when we got that Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I think it's really badly directed. <laughs> I just do. I, I yeah. don't think that was my initial reaction to it. I was very disappointed because I had the, you know, the before it came out, Fingo did a big feature on it. And I had really liked House on Haunted Hill. And I was like, Dark Castle is going to be new shit, man. This is where it's at. And I saw it and I was like, eh, that's fine, I guess. And it is. It's not bad. I don't think it's all that good, though. And I, I think the problem is it's just I don't think Steve Beck is... I don't think he did a good job directing that. Yeah, um, I'm not going to defend it. I <laughs> I kind of said what I like about it, and and those are the things I like about it. And and you know, I don't think you're wrong. It's it's very flawed, but I do enjoy enjoy it overall. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, I've got as 2004 Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Zack Snyder uh, directed, written by James Gunn. The first time I saw Fast Zombies, I think this came out just before Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later. Really? I had remembered it the other way around. You know, it may be, but I don't know that I saw 28 Days Later. Until oh, okay. That. Maybe yeah. that's the case. But yeah, I really love Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. I rewatched it again a few years ago. I just ordered it off of uh, Scream Factory or Shop Factory's uh, October sales. Yeah, I've always liked that one. Super energetic, cool 
cast the opening like 10 minutes i remember when that was about to be released i think the usa network maybe we all remember that yeah you'll they, see <laughs> someone talk about it on twitter once in a while and they'll be like you remember that shit it's fucking awesome dude <laughs> yeah they just they was, showed the entire fucking awesome yeah they right showed the entire the opening sequence on like usa and yeah to, and i mean it worked it got people hyped for the movie and it certainly got Sarah, me ready Totally. Where Sarah Polly crashes her car and it goes to the, the beginning credits. Everything up until that credit we saw. And it was, it primed the pump, bro. Man, we were so ready. And I went to the theater and saw it. I already wanted to see it, but that, that made it a must see. No question. And I think it's one of the best remakes. Is it on the tier of the best 80s remakes? Like, you know, The Fly, The Blob, and of course, The Thing. I don't know that it's... I, I don't know that yeah, I wouldn't put it, it on that tier, but it's still. on the tier right below those for me. I think Dawn of the Dead is amazing. I it's still my favorite Zack Snyder movie, I think. And I really like uh, I really like the action in Sucker Punch. I really do like Man of Steel. I have not yet watched all of his four hour version of, of Justice well, League, but I liked it. What I saw, yeah. I did. I really did, man. I didn't like Batman versus Superman. And I don't have and I don't think any of that is the fault of his directing. I think that script sucks ass. <laughs> um oh it's so bad uh but mainly yeah dawn of the dead is still my favorite snyder the cast is ridiculous Gunn's script is great like you said it moves like a motherfucking shot it's just a really 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 well done remake that's what that's kind of like the standard you would hope at least most of these could hit yeah you know what i mean like at least be this good because this is pretty fucking good yeah i'm with that one yeah i think uh watchman's my favorite snyder movie but this is probably right behind <laughs> oh shit yeah but yeah he um I'm I'm hit or miss on on Snyder, but uh, I completely forgot that he did Watchmen in the moment here. I'm thinking about <laughs> his superhero stuff. That's not uh, Watchmen, anyway. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this is the, actually the first one we've talked about on these that I've actually seen the original. I've never seen the original House on Haunted Hill or Thirteen Ghosts, but of course I have seen Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I don't know that I think this is the better movie than than Romero's Son of the Dead. I do enjoy watching it more. It's just because of the fact that it's faster paced and more modern. But I also like Romero's Son of the Dead as well. Um, Son of the Dead, his Son of the Dead is a better movie. This one is more fun in terms yeah. of immediate gratification, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with delivering the good times for horror fans, man. Uh, number four here I got from 2005. I think this is another Dark Castle one, House of Wax. Yep. Uh, which is not great, but it does have early 2000s smoke show Alicia Cuthbert at her peak, pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, and weirdly, they make her like this dingy brunette. And it, for whatever reason, I don't find her as attractive as I do. Like at the time, I would see her on 24 and be like, woo, that chick is fine. <laughs> I mean, um, I think she her, her her peak was probably just in terms of uh, the attractive nature. It was probably Girl Next Door or maybe even old school in our small yeah. part. She, had she looked great in happy endings too. Not to just objectify yeah. her. I always liked her and I right. don't know what the right. fuck happened to her. I thought she was talented. She was really funny in happy endings in a way that I had not seen her be before, but steering she's good in that movie, the seller that's on shutter. I didn't like the movie, uh, really, but she's good in it. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think I'd heard that she had come back at something and I didn't 
remember that's what it was. I like the House of Wax remake, even though it's not so much a House of Wax remake as it is a remake of Tourist Trap. Yeah, I was I was going to bring that up because I had I had never I've still never seen House of Wax the original, but I have seen Tourist Trap a couple times in the last few years, and the first time I watched it, I was like. I did House of Wax rip this off? <laughs> yeah. Um, in the yeah. original, Vincent Price kills people and turns them into wax figures. It's good. And I have seen, I don't, I want to say I've seen bar- parts of uh, 13 Ghosts, but I may be thinking of some other older movie. Regardless, it would have been so long ago. I don't really remember any details about it anyway. I, if I watched it tomorrow, it would be essentially like the first time. But House on Haunted Hill is a lot of fun, dude. And I know you can find a copy of it on Prime or Tubi or what have you. You should check that yes. out. Vincent Price is fucking on fire <laughs> in that movie. And the way that uh, uh, Jeffrey and Fomka kind of have their little lobbing back and forth in the uh, in the remake, the way they're just mm-hmm. spitting barbs at each other, just trading blows. Vincent Price does that with, I want to say the actress's name is Carol, and I don't remember the last name, but they're... Venom is hugely, hugely entertaining. <laughs> and there's one flat out all timer of a jump scare. You should definitely watch House on Hunter Hill. I just want to say that. I do like House of Wax. I don't think it's like one of the best remakes of the 2000s, but I would never put it on the bad list. I, yeah. I, I bought the Scream Factory blue. I like it better than 13 Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would actually say it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fun. And uh, yeah, I, I'm the same. I, I don't love it. I've, I watched it in theaters maybe once after, and then I watched it again a couple years ago on, I think, Crackle or something. One of those uh, <laughs> lesser used streaming services had it. But yeah, I, I, I do like it. And the big moment from House of Wax that's always stuck out is when she finds Padalecki, uh-huh. uh, who plays her boyfriend in the movie, in, and she's they're like peeling pieces of him off and you can see a tear coming down his eye where he's still alive and he's been waxed over. And she realized that she's removing shit over his muscle t- muscle tissue yeah, in his face. Yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's yeah. So yeah, that's the uh, house of wax is number four. I got from 2006, the remake of the Hills have eyes, uh, which much like Texas chainsaw massacres remake, it came a few years later, but it's a really just a mean movie. Tough watch in some places. Just, they really put, the characters through hell in that movie <laughs> they definitely uh, do but i do i do still find it pretty entertaining and and, and well made and it's kind of like an amped up version of wrong turn sort of which i yep. mean it's a remake of a movie from the 70s but it's doing a lot of things that wrong turn i guess kind of ripped off of house <laughs> of mm-hmm. uh hills have eyes originally and now they're doing an updated version here with some inspiration from from uh, wrong turn but yeah I, I like the hills have eyes remake i i'm kind of indifferent about the original Wes Craven's original Hillside Eyes. I think it's definitely got a deserves its place as like a kind of a classic seventies horror movie, but I don't find it all that entertaining, but this you one respect I do. it, but don't need to watch it a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's more unsettling to me than the, the remake, even though the remake is a lot gorier and the remake is more hardcore, but the original has a more primal level of like disturbing you, I think, mm-hmm. because it is definitely disturbing. Alejandra Asia the French director, mm-hmm. he made two of my favorites of the 2000s remake Boom in Hell's Have Eyes and Piranha, mm-hmm. which are two completely different kinds of movies. His love for the exuberance of hardcore gore is evident in both. But yeah, Hell's Have Eyes is, I think it's fucking great. I do like it better than the original. Mm-hmm. I like the original a lot, but I think this is way more effective. It's just, it's unrelenting and it is merciless. Yeah. Um, it's not for everybody because of how unrelenting and merciless it is. <laughs> right. Like it was too much for Tiffany. 
Mm-hmm. She was like yeah. down to, to give it a shot. We watched maybe 30, 35 minutes of it when it really, when they attacked when really the RV. <laughs> when they attacked the RV. Yeah. She said, you know what? You can go ahead and finish this by yourself. I'm good. <laughs> and I get it. I do. Yeah. It's nuts, but it's really good. You know, I, I saw it in theaters and I think the first time I watched it since then might've been four or five years ago when I had the shop one day, somebody had traded in a DVD copy of it. And I was like, man, I haven't seen this in forever. And I had like a, a monitor and a DVD player in the back room. Huh. So I just sat back there and watched it. You know, if somebody came in, I would pause it and, and go out to the shop. And I spent, you know, uh, a lot of my days back there watching that movie. And I was like, man, this movie's fucking brutal. It is. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do like it a lot. Not one that I want to watch super regularly because of, you know, how, disturbing some of it is but yeah i do like it yeah it's just it, it's a real horror movie you mm-hmm. know what i mean it's a horrifying fucking experience but it's a really well done one and i i, I love it i think it's great uh next up i got from 2009 my bloody valentine 3d uh, Hell i'm not yeah. sh- i'm not sure if the original was in 3d i don't think it was it was not Okay, but this, you know, this came at the very beginning of the 3D boom that thankfully is winded down, I think, (laughs) at this point, because I don't really give a shit about 3D. But my bloody Valentine 3D does the one thing that I do appreciate with 3D. Like, if you're going to do 3D, make it gimmicky as shit. If I don't think something's flying at my face, it's not worth it to me. My Bloody Valentine leans into it. It's very fun. It's not like a great movie, but it is... Uh, entertaining Todd Farmer we talked about on one of our recent episodes maybe we were talking about this movie but um Jensen Ackles is the lead and Tom Atkins shows up for a minute it's it's uh, a lot of fun I like that one a lot yeah I do think it's uh, I think it's really good I think it's a really good slasher and it is one of the remakes I think from that whole era that is one of the really good ones one of a, re- a really well done effective remake the stuff they they do change I think is interesting or at least it, it works for the story they're doing. Ackles is really good. Kerr Smith is, ah, he's, you know, I just don't buy him as this like hard bitten fucking hardcore cop. He just, I just don't. But I like Jamie King in it a lot. Uh, Like you said, Atkins is is in it. He's great. Kevin Ty shows up for a little bit to get, you know, the pickaxe through the back. Um, Who plays the, uh, the girl that the cop is having the affair with? It's somebody famous, right? She's well. Her name is Megan something. I feel bad that I don't know the whole thing. I think she I'm not was in a big TV up. show. She was on the blacklist. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was really young in My Bloody Valentine. So yes, yeah. she was, and she's good in the blacklist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. stopped watching after like three or four seasons, but she was good. Yeah, I think I watched the first season of that, and James Spader's great in it. But like, yeah. I just didn't have a whole lot of interest in the show really after the first season. Really, he and her are the best things about it. Um, but mostly him. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I think my bloody Valentine is rad. I think it's just, I think it's just a really good slasher movie. It's a really good example of a good slasher movie. So it it definitely gets thumbs up for me. You know, there, there's the scene with Todd farmer when he's with a girl, he's having sex with in the the hotel or the motel. And then Mm -hmm. there's an extended scene where the woman is walking around naked with a gun, like a badass. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a cool scene. <laughs> I don't mind it, but uh, uh, kind of a funny story from that when you know I was working at the theater at Cinemark at the time, and our regional manager had he would come in for a visit like once or twice a year, and it always put everybody on edge. And one of the other man uh, assistant managers, they were doing like theater checks, and so they walked into this theater to check the screen, the sound levels, and stuff, and. 
it was that scene with the girl walking around mm-hmm. naked for like six minutes or whatever. And normally they would walk in, look around for, spend a, maybe a 30 seconds to a minute in there. But, and, and the, the, the regional manager was like a 55, 60 year old guy. And he stood in there and watched the entire scene. <laughs> and my friend, the other manager was like, I said, man, it was so awkward. <laughs> uh, number seven, we don't have to spend much time on this one, but I kind of wanted to include it because I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it. This is a remake of a very old movie, whereas most of these are stuff from more recent. I guess House on Hunted Hill and 13 Ghosts are pretty old too. But um, The Wolfman from 2010. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remake of a uh, classic universal horror flick from the 40s. Benicio Del Toro as the Wolfman, which was something he wanted to do apparently for a long time. Finally got to do it. I kind of like this version of the Wolfman. It's not a great movie. It's got a lot of problems, but Joe Johnson directed it. He did not hold back on the gore in some of those scenes. There's a lot of cool stuff in the movie. I don't think it works very well overall, but I watched it in theaters. Didn't see it again until I guess last year. I watched it again on Peacock. Maybe one of the streaming services had it. So I checked it out again for the first time in, in over a decade. And I, and again, I, it, it's not a great movie, but I do like parts of it. What do you, what do you think about the Wolfman? Um, I like it. I feel kind of like you in the sense. I don't think it's a great movie. I saw it when it hit video. And then maybe five, six years ago, I saw it on Amazon or some shit like that. And was like, you know, much like you had the same reaction. Like, yeah, I like a lot of this, but I don't know that it's completely successful. I think Johnston's direction is good. I think it looks great. I really love the design of the Wolfman. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, like just this. stellar shit. And again, the, like you said, the gore and the violent uh, attack scenes are really well done. I think Benicio is great. I think Emily Blunt is really good. I think Anthony Hopkins is doing what they're asking him to do, but I think that is part of my issues with the movie. I don't, I know that the the father-son stuff is in the original movie, not done the same way, obviously, but I think I'm not as into that aspect of the script where the story goes between the two of them. I don't know what, what I would have done differently or what I would have focused on instead, but I just wish they would have figured something else out. It just yeah. didn't grab me, but a lot of it does. A lot of it does. I think it's good as opposed to bad. Uh, I dig it. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like it, too. I just I can see it being a disappointment because that was a big deal when they were making it. And a oh, lot yeah. of people were really excited about it, myself included. And I did enjoy it for, for the most part. But uh, yeah, I agreed. The last one I got here, and this was just pumping a little farther ahead than, than most of the others. But I wanted to talk about it for just a minute. We've done this as a live tweet before, I think, as well. Evil Dead in 2013. Oh, yes. Uh, so... Sam Raimi's original Evil Dead from uh, 81, I think, or 80? 81. Yeah, I was thinking it was 81. But um, this is, to me, this has always seemed like the movie Raimi wanted to make originally. Didn't have the budget for it, obviously. Still made a very effective horror movie that has become a cult classic and got him his career, you know, essentially. I've always preferred Evil Dead 2. That's my favorite of the, uh, the Evil Dead franchise. But I like the first one as well. And I think this remake does a really good job of giving a modern version of what Raimi was trying to do in that first one. I believe you're a fan as well. Uh, big time. Couldn't agree with you more that I think it goes hard the way that Raimi wishes he could. Mm-hmm. Um, his, I mean, it's, it's so it's amazingly gory and kind of demented for like a wide release studio. It is, it is absolutely <laughs> astounding to me to remember 
how I was astounded sitting in that theater, <laughs> amazed that what I was seeing was in an R-rated cut released by a major studio or like what Screen Gems or whatever. That's still got Sony behind them. Yeah. It just, I couldn't fucking believe it. And I was so thrilled, even though it was way, in terms of tone, way more hardcore than I was expecting. I didn't expect it to be goofy like Evil Dead 2. And the original Evil Dead, while more serious than the sequel, the sequel slash remake or whatever people want to call it. Right. There are definitely instances of humor. You get the sense of Raimi's goofy sense of humor, not the splat stick version. You get full on unhinged in Evil Dead 2. And I think this remake has definitely a sense of humor. It's a really sick sense of humor. Yeah. It's not goofy like Raimi's sensibilities. And it's not used nearly as much. And I don't know that I think they should have done it more to like kind of give us a relief here and there. <laughs> because I think, I mean, I, I would not have, I wouldn't have been mad at it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would have made it more or less effective. I'm not sure. I do know that he did call the original Evil Dead like the ultimate experience in grueling terror or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the Evil Dead remake is the ultimate, but it's definitely a very fucking intense experience in grueling terror. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's hardcore, bro. Mm-hmm. That movie is fucking out of its gourd insane. <laughs> you know, again, some of it I just could not fucking believe what I was seeing. I'm still amazed. And I guess there's an unrated cut. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet either. I would, would, really would like to. I want to, but it's like, what, how, what the fuck more could you really? Okay, <laughs> God, I guess it just goes on for seconds longer. And it's like, ah. But yeah, no, I love it. And Jane Levy's great. I wish there was an actor in the Shiloh Fernandez part, Jane Levy's character's brother. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a particularly strong actor. I don't, again, I don't think he's an embarrassment or anything, but I just think, I think he's the weakest link in the cast. Lou Taylor Pucci's really good. Fede Alvarez is a fucking monster of a horror movie director. Yeah. I love that as a, a statement of intent. Here I am, fuckers. This is what I do. Of course, I love his follow-up, Don't Breathe. But yeah, Evil Dead, killer dude. I was very, yeah. very happy with that. And I'm glad to see that a lot of the fans seem to get it. There's definitely people that don't like it, but I yeah. think a lot of the fans at least respect that it achieved what it apparently was uh, aiming for because it goes there and it succeeds. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I just, I just love it. And I do like how they kind of give you the same setup as the original and kind of position Fernandez. Is that what you, uh, it's Shiloh Fernandez. I don't remember the characters. David? That, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They position him maybe as like, we're supposed to think, oh, is this going to be the Ash for this movie? But like, no, it's not. It's actually the one who is first possessed. It's going to end up being the hero of the movie, essentially. Which is a really nice, you know, twist on mm-hmm. what we would be expecting. Yeah. Also, they kill a dog, so fuck that. But it's still a great movie. Um, that's all I got for, for the remakes uh, of the 2000s. Uh, you got anything else that we haven't hit yet? Um, I really love The Crazies. Mm-hmm. The one directed by everybody's favorite director, mine and yours, Breck Eisner. Sorry, I don't know why I just slammed him. <laughs> he hasn't done much. He did uh, Sahara with McConaughey and Steve Zahn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did this. And this was really good. I know his daddy was Michael Eisner, the Hollywood mm-hmm. player. But yeah, I think The Crazies is fucking killer. Another really effective horror movie. I really like the Black Christmas remake. That's more of a mean-spirited slasher than the original was. You're talking about uh, the 2006? Yeah, not the more recent one. The one with the the one Glenn Morgan did. Yeah. Great ensemble cast in that with a lot of people before they broke out, like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Katie Cassidy, again. Yeah, I just think, I fucking think Black Christmas is a 
fucking, you know, if I may use the parlance of our times, it's a hoot and a half. <laughs> uh, especially the unrated version. Lots of gooey gore, really great kills. Yeah, I just think yeah, that I haven't one... seen Black Christmas. The I've seen the original That's and the one that came out a couple years ago, but I've never seen the, the 06 version. I really dig it, dude. You should find a way to watch the unrated cut mm-hmm. and, uh, and give it a watch. It's... Awesome. The crazies I do like quite a bit, especially Oliphant. I'm a big fan of him. So I really, really like the first 30 to 40 minutes of the crazies. I don't dislike the rest, but the lead up when everything's going wrong is what I think is the most effective of that. But yeah, pretty good. I like I like the crazies too. Cool. cool. Never seen um, the original crazies, but um, it's good. It's definitely good. It's not George Romero's best. But it's a lot of for a lot of people, it's one of their favorite George Romero movies, I think. It's good. It's good. I don't want to oversell it in any way because I know that yeah. some people are, I mean, it's not as it's not as crazy as the original. That's for sure. But it's good. I think that's really all I can think of. Mm. Um, well, yeah, there are some others that we didn't hit, you know, like off the top of my head, the last half on the left. Pretty unpleasant. Don't need to ever I really <laughs> actually, I didn't think about that. I really like that remake, actually. Yeah. Aside from the assault scene. Mm-hmm. I like it in every other respect a yeah. whole hell of a lot. I find it a lot easier to watch than the original, probably because there's more catharsis somehow in the remake, mainly because the the main couple's daughter does not die, and they, they're more protecting her than getting their sick and twisted revenge, right. which I understand why they did that. It's just, it, it's hardcore and brutal, but not as nihilistic as the original, and I think that's why it's easier and, and more entertaining for me. As entertaining as you could call something as unpleasant <laughs> right. as that. Because, yeah, it's it's fucking hardcore. But I really did like that. Uh, yeah, I watched it once. I don't really remember much about it, except that I, it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love it. Did you see the Amityville Horror remake? Uh, yeah, I have seen that. I liked it. Don't remember a whole lot about it. I've seen it maybe twice. I've but seen yeah, it I, once. I did like it. Yeah, I've seen it once. I remember that I liked Ryan Reynolds and Melissa George in it, and that I didn't hate it. Now, I could not tell you anything. Really? Mm-hmm. So it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then there, I guess Ghost Ship is a remake. I, I think you had told me that. I didn't realize it, but. Uh, I think it is. Yeah. It's it's okay. You know, the, it's got a great opening sequence and then the rest of the movies, you know, all right. The opening sequence is an all timer. I love that yeah. opening sequence. It's great. But yeah, I guess that's it for the remakes of the 2000s. Yeah, horror had a, a, there's some, there's some good original horror also in the early to mid early 2000s to the mid teens or whatever. And then up to, up to even now, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of remakes, uh, a lot of good stuff, some not so good stuff, but I think we can close the book on that as well. Uh, before we get out of here, submitted to you, maybe doing a top five Treehouse of horror segments. Cause I know we're both big Simpsons heads. So before we get into it, I'm just, I know we've talked about the Simpsons a little bit before, and I know you mentioned that, you know, you still like the Simpsons or like the modern Simpsons. I'm in the camp of it was the greatest thing ever for 10 years. And I haven't really cared much about it since then. The Simpsons in the 90s, it was definitive. Started, I think, in 89, became a big hit in the early 90s. And then I really got into it in, when it was in syndication, like by the mid 90s. And, you know, a lot of people say seasons like one through eight are all you need to watch. And then, you know, it gets bad after that. I think that's not really accurate because I think a lot of the like seasons nine, 10, 11, 12, there's a lot of good episodes in, in those seasons. It starts to kind of lose its footing around that time, I think. And then I kind of gave up on it around 2002 or so. So like 20 years ago, (laughs) as far as new episodes and I would check in 
every couple years, watch an episode, usually not laugh. <laughs> and <laughs> so I was like, well, I guess I just don't like The Simpsons anymore. And usually those were Treehouse of Horror episodes. Those are the ones I would, when I would check in, it was usually those episodes. So over the last like 20 years, I've probably only seen maybe 25 episodes of The Simpsons since then. But as far as like the early seasons, it's it's seasons like three through eight are unimpeachable like there's <laughs> it's nothing but smashes and it's probably my favorite television of all time those seasons like three through eight or nine so that's where most of my segments that i love are gonna probably come from but uh feel free to to, to kind of wax poetic about the simpsons i know you're a fan so yeah i never really watched the tracy ullman show it wasn't my thing mm-hmm. so i never got to see the original shorts but i watched from the first episode of The Simpsons on Fox, uh, I think I had just started high school. And I thought it was good, but then, yeah, around the second season, they started to figure out some things in a really strong way. And then starting around season three, it just became the greatest show ever made. And it was that for, like you said, up and through about, I would go, I take it a little farther. I think it was at its peak through probably about season 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to go back and, and look at the specific episodes of 11 and 12 to make sure. But it was. I just remember around seasons like 10, 11, 12, that's when I first started noticing, I don't really like this episode. <laughs> Whereas before, <laughs> I just like everything's great. But yeah. I don't think it ever became completely unfunny. Mm-hmm. And I understand that you are not alone. You are. <laughs> now, on the one hand, it seems like you're in the majority, but on the other hand, are. Our reaction pool is people who talk about shit like this online. Yeah. It's not everybody. Clearly, it must have been watched enough that it kept getting renewed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's been on the air for 30 years. So. Exactly. And a lot of people like yourself could watch a lot of episodes and not laugh, but someone out there is still laughing. And I don't mean that to be defensive. I mean it just to say that you are definitely not in the wrong, not just because it's your opinion and that is your you know, that's your fucking right. And it's (laughs) not funny for you the way it used to be. And that's totally cool. It is not funny for me the way it used to be when they were changing comedy, really, to me in those seasons, three through eight or three through 10, whatever they were. That was just, man, no one was doing shit like that. No one had (laughs) done shit like that. People still really haven't. People are still trying to reach the bar that was set in those early seasons of the show. And then, yeah, something happened. I don't know what staff changed or which producer got replaced. Exactly. (laughs) There are people that could tell you it's when this guy left or it's when this guy came in that it, but yeah, it did kind of shift a little and it became a different kind of funny, but I don't think it ever stopped being funny. It just stopped being funny in the greatest, bestest way of anything on television to expect it to keep at that level for longer than they did is that's all that's a fucking hard ask and for as far as i'm concerned it's amazing they kept that level of quality going as long as they did you know like literally i don't think there's ever been any comedy the closest thing for me is cheers and there's a lot of people that'd be like really cheers old man but there would be people a little little younger than me that would go friends did it as long and that you know it's just what you like but i just think the simpsons were just doing they were just breaking ground on shit that wasn't people didn't even know you could break ground there. It changed the world of comedy forever as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think it stayed on that level. Like I said, I don't see how it could have expected to have been. I don't think I don't see how it could have been expected to stay on that level. 
that makes more sense. But I do think it's funny. Definitely there's episodes that I watched and I was like, I wish I laughed more, but I always laughed. And there, but, but I, did I notice that I wasn't laughing as much or as hard? Yeah. But then there would be ones where I would laugh really hard or a little more. Uh, when it dropped on Disney plus or like when everyone got Disney plus, when we got it, the, mm-hmm. the whole thing was there. Yeah. And we started from, I think we skipped the first season and started with the second because, you know, they had found their way mostly since yeah. then. And watching it of a piece all in a row, the drop off seemed a lot less severe. And I don't know why. I really don't know why. You could still tell it was different, but it it seemed to be it's like this is still really funny. At least that's the way it felt when Tiff and I were watching it. And Tiff didn't watch it when it was on. She's one of those rare beasts <laughs> who didn't watch it when it was in its prime yeah. in the 90s like the rest of us did and had never really watched more than a few episodes up until now. She didn't dislike it. She just wasn't compelled to sit down and watch it. And when she right. did, she fell in love with it. And she said, people really think it started sucking. And I said, people think that <laughs> after a certain level, The Simpsons is literally like, it's one of the worst comedies on TV. And she goes, that's not right. Mm. It's funny. She goes, do I think the early stuff is funnier? Yeah, but it, it, this is funny stuff. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of more on your side than I was even on mine because I started watching. <laughs> I started watching. I never thought it, it, it did not remain appointment TV for me, even though I never thought, oh, this is utter dog shit. <laughs> you know, I still found some substance of quality in it. But at a certain point, did I have to park my ass in front of the TV at that specific time on Fox on Sunday nights? No, I just kind of got away from it. But well, I do you still saying, think- I was going to say, you saying, you know, Tiffany never watched it. That reminds me of uh, me and a group of friends. You know, I mean, the Simpsons quote game, it's like its own vernacular. So people will just... You know, especially me and my friends, a lot of times we'll just fire off quotes at, at shorthand. And a group of us were together, and I was pointing to each of my friends asking their favorite Simpsons quote. And I got to one guy, and he was like, uh, the Simpsons. <laughs> and then he was like, I- I've never seen an episode of Simpsons. Yeah. I was like, what? Like a foreign concept to me. Like some guy had never, somebody, you know, relatively close to my age had never seen an episode of The Simpsons. But it yeah, just, it you know, was, just never, never watched it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And most people who do sit down to see it, who like funny stuff, tend to find it funny. Because it's one of the funniest fucking things ever made for a while there. <laughs> yeah. And then, like I said, it just remained funny. And, and as far as the quotes go, I just want to say you could stick just between seasons three and eight and you could go back and forth with quality quotes from those years <laughs> for probably three or four days straight. Yeah. yeah, It's nuts. So yeah, let's uh, look at the, our, our, uh, our top segments of Treehouse of Horror because that, to me, you know, there are a ton of classic episodes, but the Treehouse of Horror episodes are often, you know, some of the best uh, t- to me. So I've got a top five in descending order uh, number five is Clown Without Pity, which is Treehouse of Horror 3, uh, where Homer buys a crusty doll that is trying to kill him. So it's kind of a parody of, of uh, Child's Play. Number well, four. I mean, that's that's on my list. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go into too much. I don't want to be throwing a bunch of quotes out. And stuff. So, Oh, well, I mean, I have to interrupt you to say that that is actually one of my all time top three, probably favorite quotes from the Simpsons. The clown's trying to kill me and the toaster has been laughing at me. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of the greatest fucking things ever right up there with, cause it's, 
spanking season and I got a hankering for some spankering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I will go into detail on one of uh, the jokes from, from my number four, which is uh, the thing and I from Trios of Horror 7. Yes. Which is uh, where they discover that Bart had a conjoined twin uh, and he's been living in the attic. Homer and Marge have been kind of keeping him as a monster in the attic. Feeding, feeding him, uh, him fish, fish heads a week. Yeah. And uh, what is his name? Uh, Hugo. Kind of Hugo. God Hugo, yes. Sorry, didn't mean to scream at you. <laughs> I was sitting here racking my brain and I couldn't get it. I was thinking and, Milo and I was like, that's not fucking it, you idiot. Sorry. <laughs> and it's got two of my favorite Simpsons jokes that are purely pretty much visual jokes. Uh, one being when Dr. Hibbert is trying to calm Hugo down and he approaches him and says, I'll bet you wouldn't even recognize your own face in a mirror. And he holds a mirror up. But it's actually just an empty front, like a, a, a <laughs> yeah. nothing in it. So Hugo is looking at Hibbert, and then Hibbert's arm punches through the frame and punches him in the face. Uh, <laughs> and an even better, like a great example of, I think, the genius writing of The Simpsons of, of this era. And this is kind of the later era of like what people think of as like the classic Simpsons. It's, I think, season eight. When the kids see Hugo for the first time, or they think they see him, and they're, they're running away from him, and... Uh, you see three vases of different of like of descending of smaller sizes. So uh, you see a Bart sized vase, a Lisa sized vase, and a Maggie sized vase. And you hear a muffled voice of Lisa say, "Do you think it's safe?" And a muffled voice from Bart says, "I don't care. I can't breathe in here." And then <laughs> the camera pans over to a door, and it's a closet door, and they all spill out of the closets. Mm-hmm. And just an awesome misdirect to a classic payoff. Again, they were hitting the gags out of the park. Number three, Attack of the 50-Foot 50, 50 Eyesores. Yes. Where Homer Lord steals. lad. <laughs> yeah. He steals a giant donut from a mascot of a, of a donut place, and lightning strikes, and the giant advertisements all around Springfield come to life and terrorize the town. He came uh, to life. Good for him. <laughs> I think... Uh, Mo has it. Yeah, go kill Mo. Uh, so yeah, uh, number two from Treehouse of Four or Five, Time and Punishment, where Homer accidentally builds a time machine out of his toaster, and every time he goes back in in uh, in time, he fucks something up, and the future he returns to is more and more bizarre and weird and terrible. Except for the one perfect existence that he just completely misses because he doesn't realize that in that world. It rains donuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then number one, easily, probably my favorite example of The Simpsons ever. I mean, it's tough to say there are some really good just standalone Simpsons episodes that are, are great that are up there. But uh, my number one is definitely The Devil and Homer Simpson. Oh. Where Homer asks for a he says he would sell a soul for a donut and the devil in the form of Ned Flanders appears and sells him a donut for his eternal soul, which results in uh, Homer eventually eating the entire donut and a trial takes place. So it's a parody of the devil and is it the devil and Daniel Webster? Uh-huh. And one of my favorite jokes from that segment was actually cut from syndication because I remember seeing it when it lo- aired live. And, you know, like a lot of kids uh, my age, I had like tapes and tapes of VHS tapes of Simpsons episodes that I'd recorded off TV <laughs> and watched over and over. So I saw this joke or this episode when it aired originally. And then in syndication, when I actually had uh, uh, videotaped it, there was a joke where 
Marge brings the you know evidence to the jury, and one of the jury members is Blackbeard the pirate, and he snatches it away and looks at it and goes, it's some type of treasure map. And Benedict Arnold snatches it away from him and says, you idiot, you can't read. <sighs> and that joke was not in syndication. I didn't see it again until it was actually on the DVD, <laughs> you know, years yeah. later. But yeah, that was always one of my favorite jokes from that. But that's that's my number one. That's my top five for Treehouse of Horror segments. And honorable mention I'll throw out there is from the first Treehouse of Horror episode, Bad Dream House, which is a parody of Amityville, I guess, but a lot of uh, Haunted House stuff, maybe uh, Poltergeist as well. And, you know, that's from season two, so they still really hadn't quite got their footing, but there's still a lot of great episodes in those first couple seasons. And mm-hmm. that has one of my favorite Simpsons jokes of all time when Homer calls the realtor after he realizes the house was built on an Indian burial ground. <laughs> and he's yelling at the realtor and, hey, you didn't say anything about this house being built on Indian burial ground? Well, what's well, not my recollection? Well, okay. And then he turns to Marge. He says he mentioned it six or seven times. <laughs> uh, but that's all I got. That's my uh, top five and an honorable mention. What about you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I know you've got at least one that uh, lines up with mine. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love the time and punishment one. Stupid bug, you go squish now. <laughs> um, that's just great shit. I wish Devil Flanders would show up like every three or four House of Horrors, Tree House of Horrors. Because oh, yeah. be just... Crazy. That's just such a great thing. The Clown Without Pity one, obviously. You know, it's really hard for me to rank them. My number one is probably The Shinning Mm -hmm. because of my love for Stephen King. And even though they're also parodying really hard the Stanley Kubrick version, I like the way they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Probably my number one. After that, I really do like the the Elm Street one. Yeah. Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace, where uh, groundskeeper Willie is the Freddy stand-in. And there's that great part when he gets set on fire while they're all having <laughs> their PTA meeting or whatever. And he's on fire while Millhouse's dad is. I'm not sure I like the idea of Millhouse getting two, uh, you know, chicken dishes in one day. You know, we need to talk about the menu. And he's just sitting there politely on fire and then dies while Homer's babbling about something. That was it also just- has another example of a genius Simpsons joke, I think, from that episode or from that segment is. Uh, Marge is telling the story of what happened to Willie, and she said, opens it with, it was the 13th hour of the 13th day of the 13th month of the year. And, and then it's it, March, right? Yeah, and it's like, we got together to discuss the misprinted calendars. <laughs> and uh, Homer says, lousy smart weather. But yes. Anyway, I, I butchered all that, but that's one of my favorite jokes, too. No, but I mean, that's, it's just, yeah. They, I mean, I, I think that's why everybody remembers that era so fondly is because they didn't really miss the level of quality jokes was so consistent in quality and quantity every episode that's it's almost impossible what they did Mm. i think anyway um yeah so that one's great the one and i swear i'm not trying to pick ones that are parodies of movies and shows but i mean those are some of the best ones <laughs> yeah they just really had some special when they really locked into one of those and again the shinning you know no tv and no beer make homer something something you know i mean come on them in the snow at the end urge to kill rising it just it doesn't get any better but um i really like the one that's the play on the twilight zone episode nightmare at thirty thousand feet or whatever mm-hmm. where it's terror at five and a half feet i think yeah on the school bus, absolutely killer. I really like the one. I know what you did, Lead, last summer. The one where <laughs> yeah. 
They hit somebody. They don't know who it is. Start showing up in a raincoat. And it turns out it's Flanders who they hit on a night walk or something. Except he's really not some slasher killer like the fisherman. And I know he did last summer. Mm -hmm. He's a fucking werewolf. And it's just so great that he turns into the werewolf and snarls diddly. And I just fucking want to die. I just want to die laughing. It's just the greatest. Yeah, you could almost pick any one from the years between three and eight. I think you you really (laughs) that's and I I do think it it stayed at a really high level up to, like I said, 10 or 12, probably. But if you're going from three to eight, you just you can't go wrong. Um, All the stuff with Kang and Kodos, especially when they kidnap Clinton and Dole (laughs) and they end up shooting them out. No, Homer (laughs) shoots them out into space naked and they die. Yeah, the one of the great bits from that is he he hits the button that ejects dole out into space first and then clinton says well thanks for taking care of dole for me (laughs) (laughs) and then he does the same thing to clinton yeah whatever year the one was where maggie kept on popping up at the end to axe willie in the back that must have been that was the shinning and no no it's just that willie kept getting axed in the back yeah and the one time yeah and time does it was the one or uh Time and Punishment is the one that was Maggie, yeah. Yeah, and she says in James Earl Jones' voice, clearly (laughs) this is a disturbing universe or whatever the fuck, and it's great. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think the other one was Skinner axed him in the the segment where they're eating the children. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Uter, (laughs) little German boy. I'll get some bratwurst on him. And it's got that great line when, you know, Bart says something about, we're going to be saved, I know it, and Millhouse falls into the giant blender. And he goes, nevertheless, I remain convinced something will save this two Simpson children. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong. The one where Bart is the fly. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that because I have the, the Funko. I have the van, I have the Bart the fly. I have Devil Flanders. I have King Homer. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I really like the one where Lucy Lawless is fighting uh, yeah. the evil collector. Oh, Stretch Boy, Stretch Dude and pl- Clobber Girl? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely Clobber and Girl. Clobber Girl. <laughs> yeah. And she, and she, at the very end, what is it? You know, Xena can't fly. I told you. I'm not Xena. I'm Lucy Lawless. <laughs> yeah, that one was rad. It's just, man, you make me want to go and just do nothing but watch Treehouse of Horror episodes all day tomorrow. I'm going to watch at least a few. This is the best time to do it. Hell yeah. I don't know why I haven't done it yet. But yeah, I mean, I, I could agree with every single one of your your picks. They're all great. The one where they do Dracula and Mr. Burns is yo-yoing on the, the wall in mm-hmm. the shadow. Is it that episode? Yes, it is that episode where they go to, to kill the vampire, Mr. Burns, and Homer's like, die, you undead bastard or something. And Lisa's <laughs> like, dad, that's his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could keep going. I'm not going to. Cause, <laughs> yeah, there's no shortage of classics. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's hard for me to pick my favorite. I, I guess I would go The Shinning because I love Stephen King and the gags are just great. But yeah. yeah All right, well, before we get out of here, this is uh, we're recording this on the hot on the heels of Halloween ends hitting theaters and Peacock. So uh, we had talked before about Halloween Kills, I think on maybe our first episode, one of our first anyway, of small screeners and figured we'd take this time because this is probably going to drop on Halloween or Halloween Eve. So what better time to discuss Michael Myers' latest incarnation? So I'm going to I'll go first. This is going to be spoiler heavy. So if anybody hasn't seen it yet, that's listening, 
you know, this is the last thing we're going to talk about. So you can just uh, check back with us next <laughs> next time. I hope you enjoyed the first part of the episode. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I know you're a fan of it. I didn't like it. I think I liked it more than Halloween Kills, which I didn't like much at all. Um, outside of just the mayhem that Michael implemented on everyone. Say what you will about David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy now. Um, one thing I definitely can say, and I think a lot of people will agree with, is James Jude Courtney was an awesome Michael Myers. And, he was. Uh, he really did a great job, even in in this newest one that I didn't love. So yeah, I'll go first. I'm just, I don't have a lot to say again. Like uh, I've only watched it once. I kind I'll probably watch it again in a couple weeks to kind of reassess. Uh, I did that with Halloween kills and I like it even less when I watched <laughs> it again than I did the first time. Uh, I have a feeling that maybe the same with this one, but yeah, I just, I, uh, it didn't work for me. Um, so a lot of people I've been seeing have been saying like this movie takes big swings and go really goes for it. And I agree. It definitely takes big swings. I think it's uh, just for me personally, it's a swing and a miss. It's kind of, it's like if uh, they sent me up to the batter's box to face a prime Randy Johnson. I mean, I'll swing. Uh, I'm going to miss. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably shit myself and then swing two seconds after the ball hits the catcher's mitt, but I'll, I can still swing. That's kind of how I felt the swings in this one were. It was cool that they did some different stuff, but I just didn't think that that stuff didn't land for me. A lot of people loved the what they did a lot of people hate it i don't i wouldn't say that i hate this movie i just didn't like it much early on like i was kind of annoyed because right away we see Lori. this is a couple years after the events from the first two david gordon green halloweens and Lori has kind of put her trauma in the past she says she's writing a book about her experiences she's decorating for halloween her and her uh, granddaughter allison are living together working through things together and it to me it was like so Lori spent 40 years as an alcoholic survivalist and what really pushed her into coming back to reality was her daughter getting slaughtered by a serial killer that didn't make sense uh too much did i just thought that was a little silly uh, i didn't really get why half the town like hated Lori strode and Blamed her for Michael killing everybody. Halfway through the movie, you know, I watched it with my my friend and he kind of leaned over to me at one point and was like, there's clearly some social commentary going on here, but I'm not sure what it's supposed to be. And I kind of agreed with him. I it felt like there were parts like when the the kid who died at the beginning, when his dad is in the pool hall or the bar or whatever, doing like his monologue, it felt like ham fisted and the implications were kind of muddy at the same time <laughs> it almost seemed like david gordon green was throwing a bunch of stuff out there thinking hey this is art is subjective so people will get something out of it but i'm not sure if he was focused on what he was trying to say i mean a lot of people are getting stuff out of it i know you did so that could just be me not looking deeply enough into it but uh like obviously again this there's heavy spoilers here so what, what was the name of the new michael uh the new the new guy Corey cunningham Corey cunningham yeah so when they like started teaming up together, uh, which I didn't really like, <laughs> um, uh, and then Corey shows up at Lori's house, I think looking for Allison. And I just thought, oh, it'd be funny if Michael just like followed him in the house and was like, hey, because like he was just following around like a puppy. And I thought that is like a joke. And then it cuts to the outside of the house and Michael is outside by a tree like he's been following him around. <laughs> and. I don't know. I just thought it was goofy. I thought all that stuff was kind of goofy. You talked about how Tiffany, uh, your wife, Tiffany, 
thought it would be funny if Michael was like riding on the back of the motorcycle with him. You know, I had the same, me and my friend had the same thought. That almost seemed like where the movie was going at that point. I don't know, just a lot of stuff in the movie just didn't work for me. I like, I like some things. I thought some of the aspects of like the weird stuff they were doing worked. At one point, I wondered, clearly like when Corey finds Michael, there's some kind of like symbiosis, like a, a metaphysical, like viral transfer of evil going on there. And I wondered if specifically in the scene where he kills Allison's boss and the other assistant, I was thinking like, I wonder if Allison is going to be the one that's doing this. <laughs> and and that evil, and it was actually spreading to her. And in some ways, I think I would have liked that more. That would have been even bolder and, and I don't know if I would have liked it more, but it would have been bolder. <laughs> and, and I was curious if that was going to actually happen, which it, it didn't. But yeah, it just, I don't know. It did feel more like the Halloween movies of like the middle of the series, like the stuff with Daniel Harris's character. Uh, was it Jamie Lloyd? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt more like in tune with those like four, five, and six, uh, with the weird stuff that they were doing. And yeah, like, again, a, a lot of people liked it. It worked for a lot of people. It didn't work for me. I, I mean, given how much I liked Halloween 2018, I do, I, I kind of wish Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends didn't exist, uh, just selfishly. And I don't think that's okay because I don't have a magic lamp. So just because I don't want these movies to exist doesn't make it so. People can still enjoy them. Uh, I didn't like them, and I will give it another shot. And um, because there were things I liked about it, but overall, I, I didn't. I didn't like the movie at all. And I thought, like the the finale where you know Michael finally dies, and then they have just like this parade going through town of uh, them taking him to, to to like dispose of the body. Yeah, I just thought a lot of that stuff was goofy. I don't know. I just didn't didn't vibe with me at all. But I know you liked it, and I definitely want to hear your thoughts on what you liked about it. So go for it. Okay. Well, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> all the stuff you thought was goofy, I really liked. Yeah. And I thought it was really good. And why I, it's why I liked the movie. Uh, going backwards, I guess, uh, or at least starting with the last thing you said about uh, they paraded his body around. I didn't know they were going to take it to dispose of it. I thought they were, it was like a thing of catharsis where they were bringing it around to show the people in town that the boogeyman was dead. Mm-hmm. The guy that had haunted the town and infected it with this, like a, um, God, what's the best word to use for it? An atmosphere of violence and fear and distrust and all of that shit. Because it was clear that the town had kind of been suffering. And and going back to why everyone was mad at, at Lori, I don't think, you know, obviously I think the movie is, is not painting that as good. The same way I don't think it was trying to say that the mob mentality of everybody in part two was good. I think they were just saying that this is what this kind of shit leads to. And Corey's mom... Because in the beginning of the movie, like you said, this is a few years after Halloween 2018 and kills are supposed to basically be over the same night. Right. So that's in 2018. This one starts in 2019, a year later, and Corey Cunningham is babysitting this kid and a Halloween prank goes wrong and the kid ends up dead. And most of the town thinks he killed the kid on purpose and that he basically gets away with it. And his mom very angrily says to Lori that. Once Michael disappeared after the events of Halloween Kills, the town still needed a boogeyman, and they made that Corey. And I don't think they were doing the same thing with Lori, but I think it's the same kind of notion where Michael fucked that town up so much when he came back in 2018 that it just it just broke the whole community. And 
they blamed her not because it was right to do so. You know, it's not cool to blame the victim, right? You know, you shouldn't do it, especially when they're a survivor of something that she is a survivor of and loses her daughter. You know, what kind of asshole does that? And it's the answer is not just human beings, because turns out we're pretty awful. But, you know, ones who are living in this atmosphere of fear and violence and mistrust, and they're all fucked up and it's not right, but that's where it comes from. I mean, I, I think I got that more or less about the second time somebody started going off on her. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. The whole town is just, you know, it's not just an asshole. It's that a lot of them are misplacing their feelings, you know, the way people do. It's not rational and it's not fair, but it, people definitely do that shit. I think the way that, yeah, it they only spend so much time on it. They just kind of go, look, this is where Lori is now. This is what she's doing. This is her life. And it's nice to see her, to see Jamie Lee Curtis kind of smiling and playing the character a little more like someone who isn't living in hell and reliving trauma constantly. And I just assumed her saying her losing her daughter leading to the way she's living her life now was just, I lived the way I did and it didn't stop my daughter from being murdered. You know, my lifestyle did not prevent that. And since, you know, life is short, obviously, we're all going to go. We could go tomorrow like Karen did. You know, what if I just tried to actually live and not just exist, but actually live a life with my granddaughter and try to find happiness where we can? To be honest, I didn't read that deeply into it at the time. I just kind of went, oh, okay, she's just trying to, she's doing her best to move on and heal. And there are a few people around her like Frank, uh, the Will Patton character, and uh, Allison. Her granddaughter, they're they're there to support her and be loving. And I really liked her her relationship and friendship with Frank. You know, I saw people on Twitter being like, let the you know, give me a movie where they go to Japan. Let that woman have her cherry blossom. And I don't know that I would want to watch a whole movie of it, but I liked what I got in in this one. I thought it was sweet and I thought it was nice. And it all being so different and all the big swings that did not connect for you, and apparently at least half of the people did for me. And I just see this as being another Halloween three. At the time, it's so different and not what people want from their Halloween movie, which is fair. You like 2018, and a lot of people want that version of Michael Myers. They want that version of a Halloween movie. And you guys aren't wrong for watching, wanting that. I love that one, too. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with them. And I get this one being so different that it's just not working for some people. I, of course, understand that. But I'm one of the people that really did work for. Um, I love that. In the year 2022, a Halloween movie, a horror franchise this deep into the franchise does take big swings like this and tries to do something that the series has never really done before. And I would admire it if it did that. If it didn't do that in a way I felt was successful, I wouldn't be like, well, it tried something different. I like it. And I'd be like, no, I admire the attempt. It did not succeed for me, but it did. It really, really did. I found it really interesting. I found it a really interesting take on a slasher movie. I've seen some people who hate it who are like, it's not suspenseful. It's not scary. It's not horror. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, just say you don't like it. Okay. Because when you say this movie's not horror, that just makes you look stupid, dude. Mm. Just be honest and say you don't like it. I'll respect that. But you say it's not horror. No, that's dumb. That's just fucking clown shoes bullshit, dude. <laughs> um, this is a slasher movie. It is a horror movie. It does set up victims that you know are going to get slasher movie deaths. And by and large, they're all really rewarding to me. 
parts of it were pretty gnarly and hardcore. I love that David Gordon Green, at the very least in his trilogy, has proven that he's not one to shy away from the grislier, more hardcore stuff. You know, from Michael stomping Dr. Sartain's face into fucking goo in 2018 (laughs) but i like that with that one he's like look if what you want is that straight ahead michael myers slasher here's my version of that i hope you like it and i think it's really good and the second one like i had mentioned to you earlier i feel like in the second one it's almost as if michael is the main character someone did a tally of how much screen time laurie has in all of these movies Mm -hmm. obviously resurrection is the least because it's just the opening (laughs) scene because someone was being shitty and being like oh I wish Jamie, you know, I really liked the way Jamie Lee Curtis played Lori in this one. She's good as always. Wish it was more than just a cameo. <laughs> well, I mean, Halloween Kills, she was really in a, like, that was, it seemed like she was in a lot less of that one than any of the others, for sure. It was like just over 10 minutes in total. And I remember people being upset that she, her part was mostly relegated to her being in the hospital, but I don't remember people being like, and she's hardly in it. I'm sure plenty did. I just didn't see it. But I do note that a lot of people are saying she's only in this one so much. And it's like the third most after the first one in H2O. Like H2O was like 31 minutes of total screen or 34 minutes of total screen time or something. And in this one, it's 27. It's something like that. I know this one is 27. But my point being, I understand people are upset at the focus on Corey Cunningham and his adventures and being michael myers protege it worked for me i don't know what else to say i understand that it didn't for a lot of people i respect that it didn't that it didn't that swing did not connect for you my boy <laughs> it did not do it for my man chris it just didn't and that's cool because i think we talked about this before too he could have done it he could have said you know what i was saying was gordon green did the first one more traditionally the second one michael was almost the focus of it yeah in a way and It got weirder, and I liked it. A lot of people didn't. This one is a completely different thing. But I like that he gave us three different flavors to choose from in one trilogy that I do think is connected and is thematically sound as a trilogy. It's kind of like the Alien movies. Each one has its own vibe, but they're all Alien movies. And this one, I think, is very much this continuation of the first movie, you know, ignoring all the other sequels. And they're all different, and I liked them all in their own way because they are all doing a different thing. And I like that David Gordon Green did his own thing that way, that he didn't give a fuck. He didn't feel the need to make them all the same. He didn't make them all like part three, which I don't think I would have liked as much. He didn't do them all like part one, which I probably would have been happier with if they'd all been really good examples of Michael Myers doing slasher movie, Michael Myers things. I think I would have liked that a lot more if all of his, uh, rather than all of his movies being a real completely different approach. But anyway, I like that he did his own thing. I respect that. The story just really worked for me. The characters drew, I think a lot of this is character driven in a way. A lot of slasher movies are not and a lot of the, and a lot of the Halloween movies are not. And again, even if you agree with me, you might be like, yeah, it's more character driven, but I don't fucking think it works. So (laughs) it's bad character driven. Fuck you. (laughs) And I I just want to make sure that people understand that as long as you're not shitty to people about it, I'm never going to give you shit about not liking it ever. I loved it. I wish all of you had too, but I know that's just not the case. What I was starting to say and kind of wanted to go back to the different kind of movies that David Gordon Green was doing. If in this third one, either because he'd always planned it that way or because he saw the reaction to part two or he just got scared and wanted to do something that felt safe. If he had said with this third and final one, I'm going to go back to the original formula the way I did in 2018, but I'm going to try to do it even better. 
I'm going to try to make the ultimate, ultimate Michael Myers slasher movie. That would have pissed a lot of people off too. And I admire that at least he was like, look, if I'm going to piss people off, no matter what I do, I'm going to fucking take a big fat fucking swing. And for me, I think he connected. I love it. I really think it's effective. I really like all the acting and character stuff in it. I love the kills. I think it's the best of the trilogy for sure. Just because, and I love that version of the typical Michael Myers because I think it's an excellent example of that. But I just love that this tried to do something different. And more than that, I love that the different thing worked for me so good. I never could have expected that. If you would try to explain what this movie does before I'd seen it, I would have been real suspect of anything you were trying. I've been like, are you are you serious right now? No. How could that possibly be good? That sounds stupid. You sound dumb right now. That movie sounds dumb. But no, I watched it and it unfolded in front of me and I was like, holy fuck, this is great. I was completely involved and engrossed and I couldn't I could never get ahead of it and figure out what it was going to do next. And I always appreciate that. I just I thought it was fucking great, man. I'm sorry you didn't. But, you know, you love you love Rob Zombie's Halloween. I definitely did not. And that's just the way it goes. Some things definitely don't work for everybody. And sometimes we switch off. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess I babbled about that enough. I think it's great. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, I want to watch it again really soon. But I know if I end up watching it without Tiff, she'll be kind of upset. But I don't know that she'd want to watch it again so soon. I would watch it tomorrow. I would have watched it today, actually. I fucking loved it. So, woohoo! <laughs> yeah, I'll probably watch it uh, one more time at least. Give it a few weeks to to marinate and uh maybe give it another shot i don't think i'm gonna like it much more than i did the first time Um, it is fair of you to give it another shot i respect that i admire (laughs) it good job good on you brother and even though i would you know wish those two movies didn't exist i don't begrudge anybody who actually likes them i'm not interested in you know insulting people who like a movie that i don't like it's fine i also appreciate that you allow me to have those in my life thank you for being so generous But yeah, again, there were there were things I liked about it, um, especially James Jude Courtney as Michael. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was interesting, uh, interesting. There was a lot of interesting stuff in it. I just yeah, overall, I didn't think it worked very well. There were more things that I didn't like than things that I did. But I guess that's it for Halloween and uh, our first cool. season of Because Movies. So this right. is, we've been putting these up on the small screener speed. I think we're probably going to do another season for Christmas time, a little Black Christmas, a little. Woo. Shane Black Christmas. That's um, right. In in December and in probably early next year, we'll we'll maybe get our own feed for this show as well. Uh, but yeah, this was fun. I enjoyed looking at these uh, slasher flicks. I'm a big horror fan, and I've for a long time I've wanted to kind of uh, explore the differences between you know the original and the remakes and these from the icons of of the 70s and 80s horror flicks. So I appreciate you going down the journey with me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a great ride, man. Thank you for having me. I'm glad that I am. Your co-pilot on this journey. Oh, show. So before we get out of here for uh, Because Movies Season 1, you want to let people know where they can find you on social media? It's just Twitter, and it's at Haunted Gels, G-E-L-S, Haunted Gels. Reference to one of my favorite horror movie directors, Mario Baba, the haunted color gels of Mario Baba. Yeah, I love bullshitting about movies, much like we do here. Uh, I try not to be too much of an asshole. Sometimes I fail, but I always work at it. Always want to be better. So come bullshit movies with me. It's a lot of fun. And always remember, when they ask you why, you just say, because movies, motherfucker. (laughs) That's how it goes. 
And I am on Twitter and Instagram at BrodyMan34. You can also find the Small Screeners Twitter feed at Small Screeners and the Instagram account at Small Screeners. Also, I have another podcast I do with my buddy Jesse Starcher called Unspoken Issues, where we talk about 90s comics. Uh, also on there with Dean Compton, the father of the Unspoken Decade uh website and uh most social media accounts so check us out there if you're in the 90s comics and we will see you guys hopefully in december peace sweet